Happy New Year, Suns fans. The Suns are streaking. Yes, with a win against the Orlando Magic, who entered 19-12, and 12, a quality opponent. The Phoenix Suns have now won three consecutive games. Streaking, dare I say, to end the new year. So Matthew, who's joining us live from the Footprint Center, nice win, a very nice win for the Phoenix Suns over the Orlando Magic, right? Yeah, it was a perfect win. I think Nephew Hayden was texting me today, and he's like, you know what? I don't don't know if I believe in this team. I said, if the Suns can close out this game by 10, and it seems like a confident team ending the game, then I'm back in. I'm back in on the train, and tonight they did that, right? They went by 7. But after losing the lead, Getting back on top, and you just see how good that big three looks. It's you're back in it. This team is absolutely solid right now. Well, I mean, this team definitely has its challenges and it's things that we're going to continue to see as the season progresses. But the big three now has played two consecutive games, and it was the first time they've played against a, a quality opponent after the. Christmas Day debacle, losing at the hands of the Dallas Mavericks and giving up 50 points to Luka Doncic. You played the Houston Rockets. You played the Charlotte Hornets. The Orlando Magic are a quality opponent. And the Phoenix Suns, although they have their challenges, as every team does throughout stretches in a game, they they outplayed them, and they played them well. Now, are there opportunities relative to defensive uh, sets and energy and and the bench? I mean, we're going to talk about all of that here on the Suns Jam Session podcast. Uh, but it was definitely a quality win for the Phoenix Suns. And we'd like to thank everybody who's spending their New Year's Eve with the Suns Jam Session podcast. You sick bastards, you. You're hanging out with us. Uh, and if you're listening tomorrow, Happy New Year, you son of a bitch. It's how you're ringing in the New Year. And if you're listening to this podcast six months from now, what the hell is your problem? What do you do? Seek therapy. It's six months from now. What's going on? Is all the election shit driving you nuts yet? Oh, I can't wait. 2024, baby. Here we go, Matthew. The only reason they would check it out six months later is because, like, remember when Matthew wore that beanie all the time? He's like, oh, let me go back and see how that looked. Because he like, wore hey, like, yo, be six, rabbit. six straight games, he wore a beanie. And it wasn't a good luck, bad luck thing. It was just a be rabbit thing where they just want me to spit out raps. But John's the one that can actually rap. Not me. I'm a quiet kind of poet, all right? You might see me at um, what is it, Death Poetry. Death Poetry well, Jam? Yeah, I might I might do that after this game. Go check that out for New Year's. Matthew's going to be downtown at the Desmond doing some haikus. You know, the Suns, they won. I had some fun. Today is the last day of two years since 2021. Boom, shakalaka. There you go. That wasn't a haiku because haikus like are five syllables, three syllables, whatever, and they don't rhyme. But whatever you're doing, thank you for hanging out with the Suns Jam Session podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you rate. Make sure you review. And if you happen to be looking for some cool fits, head up to phoenixfits.net. Enter the promo code SUNSJAM10 to get 10% off of your order. Some fly fits that Phoenix Fits puts out there at phoenixfits.net. Do us a favor. Do that. And also, Brightside Night is just a couple weeks away, January 16th, 2024. Let's try to send some kids to the game. If you donate $15 by going to sons.com backslash Brightside, you can send a kid to the game. And if you donate up to $150, hell, you'll get some tickets too. Come join us. It'll be fun. It'll be grand, just like tonight was. Pop and open a beer for Matthew tonight, okay? Because you're down there at the stadium. Uh, What are you eating? Wetzel's pretzels? No, actually, um, some peanuts. 
Oh, well, pop your peanuts if you got them, Suns fans. Let's talk about this. Oh, look at that. You did the double thumbs up. Which Starting the new the, year. Starting the woo. For those of you who are listening, Matthew did the double thumbs up, which means he's on his iPhone. And whenever you do the double thumbs up, the fireworks go off behind you. That's really cool. Do a double thumbs down, Matthew. Watch what happens. Double thumbs down. Give it a second. Let it rest. Oh, it makes it rain. Didn't rain tonight. It's nothing but fireworks and craziness for the Phoenix Suns. Let's talk about it. Big win for the Phoenix Suns as they TCOB taking care of business 112 to 107 against the Orlando Magic, a team that entered 19 and 12 and the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference, a quality team that just had a great win over the New York Knicks. Suns take care of business, which brings me to my first question. Oi, Matty, mate, I've got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask. Plain and simple, have the Phoenix Suns turned a corner? Yeah, and you know what? I think before last game, you kind of felt, I think with Bill coming back, I even mentioned to you, you were at the game with your nephew. And I'm like, it just feels different with this return from Bradley Beal. It feels like the Suns are about to make a turn. The game before, Kevin Durant had the triple-double. You felt it then because the energy changed. You listened to the Suns fans and how frustrated we were. And they stepped it up a notch. You know, Beal coming back, like, there's no way he's going to get hurt again. That quick, you know, two games in, now he's he's healthy, he's looking good. I just think the way that they started last game and then ended last game, we'll get, but tonight, it's like, it kind of felt like, you know what, they're going to win this one. This is the first time I was sitting here, and I was just like, I really think they're just going to win this. Like, I was, you know, writing and stuff and taking notes, and I felt comfortable with it. I know that the Magic came back, took a one-point lead. But there's just something different with this, the energy of the team. They're still trying to figure things out, like you said, defensively. But offensively, the way that when it goes from Booker to Beal to Durant, the way they just looked unstoppable, I'm like, I feel comfortable with this team, especially against a good Magic team coming in tonight. Yeah, it's definitely uh, interesting and, and almost poetic. You know, Mr. Deaf Poetry Jam, Matthew Lissy there, that the Phoenix Suns are ending – the year, the calendar year 2023 with two performances with the big three and they looked damn good. I think that that's what's been uh, a delight for the Suns. Obviously, the rocky road that has been the calendar year of 2023 uh, is a story filled with peaks and valleys, but mostly valleys. You know, a team that acquired Kevin Durant in February uh, only to have him injured in pregame warnups and twist his ankle and only provide eight games uh, as a member of the Phoenix Suns during the regular season, but the peak was they were eight. No, in those games, you know, the, the Valley was then the fact that the Phoenix suns had a challenge winning games against the Denver nuggets uh, who ultimately went on to win the championship. So the, the off season came and the question was going to be, how are the Phoenix suns going to fix this? What, what moves are going to be made? And then there was a peak on father's day when we acquired Bradley Beal. Uh, but then there was a Valley as we realized that all of our uh, financial uh, capital goes into three players essentially you know there was we didn't know if it was a peak or valley a peak or valley but maybe it was a mesa 
when we traded DeAndre Ayton and got back a bunch of assets, including Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, and, and Nasir Little. Uh, and then as the season has gone on, it's definitely been one that's had a couple peaks, you know, the seven-game win streak being the the height of this season, and then the valleys that include the multiple injuries that have occurred. But here we are at the back end of 2023, and a, we are beginning to climb a peak again. And as you mentioned it, watching this game, seeing the way that Phoenix played, coming off of a, an impressive win against Charlotte. And don't get me wrong, I, I, I see it all over social media and such that the Phoenix Suns had challenges by allowing the Charlotte Hornets to score 119 points. What Charlotte did from beyond the arc was historic. It was like, I believe somebody put this out there. It's like the 67th time in NBA history. So only, you know, a very few amount of times in which a team had hit like 23 threes on 50% shooting from beyond the arc. It was just an, a, a complete and utter anomaly what they did. Uh, what's his nugget? Scary Terry Rogier was two points away from a career high, which again seems to be the regular when you play Phoenix, come to Phoenix and we'll give you career highs. So although it was a, a quality victory against the Hornets, the question was, was it sustainable? Was that first introduction to the big three and the way that we provide offense and play offense going to be something that go that we do well against other teams? I'm going to tell you this, Suns fans. The Orlando Magic entered this game with the second best defensive rating in the league. This was a good defensive team that the Phoenix Suns played against. And they played pretty well. 112 points, yeah. Only 29.6% from beyond the arc, yeah. On 8 of 27 shooting, yeah. But at the same time, they got the win, and that's what matters, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. I think when you combine the fact that you have Grayson Allen and a guy like, um, yeah, there's like some guy hitting threes over yeah, there. Yeah, what the hell's going on out there? I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Here. Yeah. <laughs> you just yelling um, into the microphone? No, no. So he's like, it's like some kind of three point contest going on or something. Yeah, three know, point contest going I, on you know, at the arena. Yeah, and I almost got kicked out. Like security was actually standing right there, and they had to see my badges. I had my beanie on. I might look yeah. homeless or something. So they're like, what's it? Who's a beanie and sent me in a row? I guess I'm the only one. Actually, I, I'm on a I put it on halfway here, through. Bro. It's it's cold up here. Uh, but no, I was talking about the guys that surround me, the big three, like Jason Allen and Eric Gordon. Like you can really count on them to really make the high IQ plays. Um, so the offense, I think, you know, besides the big three, that's why I kind of frustrated me before with the Kevin Durant um, news of him being frustrated with the depth, if that was true or not. Because I love what we have with our depth. Um, so it's a defensive end. And I think that what the Suns did defensively tonight against even Banchero, Bancaro, my bad, it was nice to see him only get 28 points, right? Because I think after last game against Terry Rozier, him scoring 40-plus, I'm like, we got to stop having these guys come into the arena and just outshoot Book, Beal, and Durant. I mean, Bancaro was, well, Durant had 31, Bancaro had 28. But like, I hate seeing these guys getting the 30s and they're outplaying one of the big three members. Like, we can't have that in this arena. So it was nice because I kind of thought, you know, the game, I'm like, Bancaro's going to go off. He might steal this one. You know what I mean? He might run away with it by just his shot making ability, his playmaking ability. But the Suns kind of put a stop to him towards the end, which is nice to see. Yeah, you tell them to shut up in the arena. They're like, I'm recording a podcast here, you sons of bitches. Happy fucking New Year. No, I'm with you. And uh, obviously, you know, I want to talk about different aspects of this game and, and Paulo Bancaro definitely being one of them. Uh, for those who know me, uh, I'm a big Paulo Bancaro fan. I think that he's going to be the league in like five years. Like that guy's going to be the league. He's got all of the tools. Uh, and he had a great game. And I was worried that he would be, you know, when he started popping those threes, I was like, oh, shit, that's not normally a part of Paulo's game. 
uh, consistently. And I was like, he starts popping through. I'm like, here we go. We're going to give up a fucking 50 piece to another guy. And we're going to get outplayed. But that being said, you take a look at the way that they played tonight. And it's a reminder of the, the firepower that the Suns are going to have. And yes, when we get to, to series in the playoffs, there's going to be a lot of defensive masterminds attempting to stop Phoenix. And that's what the playoffs are. You have to overcome that. But on a night-to-night basis, if these guys are playing the way that they are, man, it's going to be fucking beautiful. It's going to be really fun to watch. Uh, David Ray, want to give him a shout-out real quick in the chat. He says, the big three, Durant, Booker, and Beal, combined for 77 points tonight, which is 68.75% of our total points. Yeah, and it, and on some nights, it's going to be higher than that. I mean, we've seen nights, uh, you and I remember a couple years ago when the Timberwolves beat the Suns and both Cat and Ant had 40 points apiece. That accounted for like 75, 80% of their scoring output that night. That's going to happen. That's what you want to happen. That's why you have these guys here, right? Yeah, and it's it's the best looks that they've had all year, obviously, with them being together for a short amount of time. But tonight's looks were just wide open most of the time, right? I don't remember really seeing many doubles, especially on Booker and Kevin Durant. But um, I I just remember that just going through the screens and like really hitting the guy wide open in the corner, it was super easy for the Suns tonight. So that point total of 77 looks good. It just, it's kind of crazy. Like Book only had the 21 and Bill only had the 25, but there'll be nights where like Bill might have 40, Booker might have 40. But I feel like yeah. other guys will still get theirs. And we'll talk about Nurk later because Nurk's getting his. It's oh, insane. Yeah. I didn't I didn't expect him to get like what do you have 25 last game and tonight he has 19. That's it's crazy. These other guys are still gonna get theirs along with the big three. Yeah, and that's the way it's designed. And when we talk about Nurk, we talk about fit. That's what that is. So uh, I do want to give a, ca- a shout-out to a couple of Jamsters. Uh, first and foremost, Alfredo Alcala, $5 in the Super Chat. He says, Happy New Year's, boys. Thank you for donating to the podcast. And everybody who's watching, thank you. The best way to support the pod is simply by showing up and hanging out with us after games uh, or at a later time, just as long as you – you watch, we appreciate it. And of course, Biscuits and the Bear gave us $5 because it was only a five-point victory after everything was said and done, 112 to 107. Great way to end the year, Biscuits and the Bear. Uh, happy New Year's, everyone, is what Biscuit and the Bear says. So I'll ask you, Matthew, where do you want to start? Where do, or, or should I start or, or should I start with a trivia time? Oh, trivia time always. All so, right, cool. You Let's know what time it is. Trivia time. All right, so obviously this is the last game of 2023, and there's a, f- a stupid thing that I've been doing for quite some time, and I've got a spreadsheet that I update. Uh, it's funny. I went to look at the, the, the Google Sheet that I have this information saved on, and the last time I updated it was January 1st of 2023, and that is how do the Phoenix Suns perform calendar year to calendar year? Not season by season, but January 1st of a year to December 31st of a year. So obviously with this win, the Phoenix Suns are now 17-5 and five on the season. They finished this. So I'll, 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 I'll give you this one first, okay? The Suns played a total of 99 games this year, Matthew. How many wins do you think they had in their 99 game? Uh, 64. I'm sorry, 89 games. 89 games, okay. Uh, 54. 54. Okay. They won 48 games. They were 48 and 41 in the calendar year. That is 2023. So here is the the question I have for you. This is the 55th season of the Phoenix Suns. Ready? Their winning percentage this season 
ended up being 53.9. They won 53.9% of their games. Where does that rank all time in Phoenix Suns history relative to calendar year seasons? 16th? Nope. One more. Third. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's 31st all time. Woo! It's our 31st best calendar year that we've ever had. Uh, there you go. Ran- random stats I keep. If you take a look at um, overall, the best season, the best year we ever had was 2007. The Phoenix Suns were 68 and 27, which was 71.6% win total. 2021 was number two. We were 88 and 36 that year, 71.0% winning percentage in the calendar year 2021. 1993 was the third best year. So there you go. Random trivia time by John. And now I'll ask you. And yeah, and David Ray asks, does that include playoff games? It does. Every I, When I do this, I have every game played. So if you look at this previous season, or I'm sorry, this previous calendar year, the Phoenix Suns were 42 and 36 in the regular season, six and five in the postseason. So, all right, Matthew, which player do you want to talk about first? Can we talk about Nurk? He's always my first go to. I'll allow it. Nurk. Delicious definition. Make them boys go crazy. Oh. Right. Make them boys go crazy. 33 minutes played by Yusuf Nurkic, eight of 17 from the field. He had 19 points. He had 13 rebounds. He had three assists. What do you want to talk about when it comes to Nurk, Matthew? I just the the way that he dominates early on in the game to set the tone. It's it's continuing to be a trend for Nurk, and I think with the big three, it definitely helps. But just continuing to play himself between the basket and the opposition. Offensively, defensively, he's always there to gather the rebound. Offensively, he had uh, a couple big offensive rebounds in the first quarter. Grabbed four points quick. But to end the half, dude, the first half, he had 13 points. And it's just like, it comes out of nowhere because you're looking at, like, the box score. Like, who's leading the team right now in points? He was 13. I think Booker had 14 in the, in the, first, in the first half. It's like, how is he still getting his? It's because he, he wants to go get it. He wants to make sure that he's doing his part at grabbing the extra rebound, grabbing the offensive rebound, pushing guys around, remaining physical for the whole game. His spacing's great. The only thing that... um kind of sucks sometimes on the offensive end is when he has those like those shots that are like the, the three-point shots or top of the key a few times when the big three on our floor and he's taking the shot with like two seconds left on the shot clock that's the only part that sucks i think nurk of course is just so dominant when it comes to the pick and roll when he's rolling to the rim and also when guys are just finding him and feeding him under the basket but anything other than that just don't have him shoot i'm kind of done with the three-point shot oh yeah but over he, three tonight yeah, but he, I don't remember last time he made one. I remember, uh, I think it was last year, like, Jock Landale started the, the season, like, hot from three. And then he didn't make one, like, the rest of the season. That's how that's how I feel Nurk is right now. He's just missing everything. And it's just, like, don't rely on him to make the buzzer beater shot when the shot clock's running out. I would rather, of course, the big three handle it in those possessions, those positions. But Nurk, on that pick and roll, man, he just has a head of steam where even guys from the defensive end of the basket – the other center just doesn't want – they don't want anything to do with it, man. He's putting a stamp on that, but also just social media. I think he's killing it social media-wise. He's sending out the love from the Suns teammates. I love that because we don't have any other guys on the team doing that, so I love that about him. Well, I mean, we do have Kevin Durant, but that's not necessarily love that he's putting into the atmosphere. He's normally uh, just knocking the trolls and getting good on him for doing that. Yeah, Yusuf Nurkic, again, fit. 
and we, you completely see it with the big three. Now, obviously, being our most consistent starter thus far this season, playing uh, all games but two, he's played in 29 games, he has been a stabilizing force in the center. And as the center, he has a level of physicality and finish around the rim that I absolutely love. You know, is he dunking it every time? No, he doesn't have the physical capacity to dunk every time. But he knows how to finish around the rim, and he knows how to – when he gets the ball, he backs motherfuckers down. And we've waited so long to see that. And when you see him back motherfuckers down and then pass out, and then they go back into him, and then he finishes the possession, you're like, that was a great possession. When he – then the next – you know, four possessions down the court, they back down, they shade a defender his way, and he knows how to pick apart the defenses and the ball movement that the Phoenix Suns possess, especially with the big three out there, a lot of it goes through Nurk as well. And I think that that's something that's vital. Go back and watch a lot of the possessions in which the Suns have that ball popping around. And you'll see that Nurk is a part of that pop. And that's what's important. And that's something that is going to be continually replicable night in and night out for the Phoenix Suns. And he's going to be somebody who's going to continue to benefit. And I love, again, I love his physicality. And and I, I put a tweet out there this morning as I was writing a piece for Bright Side of the Sun Check out brightsideofthesun.com if you like to read or if you don't like to read. Just hang out there. Have it always open. Hit, click refresh. Click a story or two. It might be something. You might learn something. But he has a over 21% rebounding rate. And I think that that's important. So a rebounding rate essentially is what percentage of rebounds are being grabbed by a player uh, that are available when he's on the court. And he grabs 21% of the rebounds, which is easily the most on, on the Suns. Uh, Drew Eubanks is coming in at 14.9%. And one of the reasons Yadoka Azubuki's got some plays because he has a high re- rebounding rate as well. And I think that you you take all those intangibles and you put them together, and you know what his limitations are. You go, you know what, Nurk at the end of games is somebody who's going to be cooked by opposing guards. Yes, we know that. But in game, he has that give a fuck. Uh, and as Creepy Carly says, he's kind of he's kind of a fuck shit up guy. You know, he's saying Grayson Allen right here is is Grace is a fuck shit up guy, but Nurk is part of that fuck shit up guy uh, fraternity, I think, because he goes right at opposing teams and he put, you know, Goja, and I can't even say the guy's last name, but he put him in foul trouble. And I think that was valid. That's their one big guy on the interior. Obviously, they have big guys, Paulo Bancaro, uh, Franz Wagner, both 6'10 each. It's a team with a really big front line. But when Nurk is out there creating problems, it puts a, the, the magic into foul trouble uh, with those guys, which negates their effectiveness. If that's a win for the Suns. The opposition doesn't want any part of it either. I think even hitting the face of uh, Gojiro, you said his last name was, I forget. Um, But hitting him in the face and like the guy is like down there like, oh, my my eye fall out? What's going on? But no one wants a part of Eric, man. I I think like even on Twitter, no one wants a part of him. But I think the the force he is down there, it's something the Suns just really need. I mean, I know he can't jump over a nickel. But, like, the way he actually gets his spacing down there and you just know he's going to lay down without getting blocked anymore. I remember beginning of the season, everything was getting blocked. Remember the Anthony Davis was the preseason game, five blocks or something crazy like yeah. that? Like, oh, this is going to be an issue. It's not an issue anymore. I know he's not playing against elite centers right now, but it doesn't matter, man. Like, some guys you think when they're going up these, against, like, the Magic and they don't have the elite center, they might take a night off. But Nurk's not going to because – we need every ounce of effort from that guy to get these wins. I mean, we only won by seven. So if he's going to take a night off, which he never will, it would hurt us. So we'd probably end up losing this game. So the fact that you can just rely on him in that way to where he's going to bring that energy is the biggest thing, I think, that he brings to this team. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's, it's again, like I said, the word replicable. He brings it night in and night out. And I think that that's the important thing. It's consistent. And, uh, 
he's going to be somebody who will continue to benefit with this big three. I mean, that's why they brought him in, and he's not going to cry if he doesn't assist or get the points, right? He will get the rebounds because he's just that dude. But I'll tell you another guy who I had a, just a ton of fun watching tonight, man. That's Bradley Beal, dude. She said you're not the only one, but you're the best Bradley Beal. Beal is back. Second game back. The first game, you know, was just kind of a get get him into shape kind of game, right? Only six points. Tonight, Beal goes out there, plays 35 minutes, 25 points on 10 of 13 shooting, my friend. That's what you call efficient. Only had a couple assists, had a steal, had a block, had a rebound. Not a stat sheet, a stat sheet stuffer, whoo! Uh, but definitely an effective game and somebody who plays the game with fun. Uh, I think that that's what I noticed tonight, and it's something that we've missed, right? I mean, we talked about it last week. Remember when the Phoenix Suns used to play fun basketball? With Bradley Beal, basketball's fun again. He's going up, he's dunking through two guys, he's tapping the top of his head. You know, he's going down running through the defense, nobody stops and gets a layup, kind of puts his hands up Jordan-esque and kind of sticks out his tongue goofy-like. You know, It's not full-on McHale or campaign, but it's nice to see that engagement again on the basketball court. Oh, yeah, and like tapping his head too. Who did he dunk on? I went to the restroom, and I missed oh, like, man, it was I missed like a 9-2 run, yes. and I saw him just tapping his head. And I'm like, we need that, right? Because we were wondering, like, what's Brill going to bring back to this team? He can't shore up the defense. He can't do anything on that part or on that end. But the enjoyment, like everyone was missing the twins, right? Because the enjoyment they brought to the team, and he is that guy. Um, I think tonight the biggest, the most important stretch is really in the third quarter when him and Kevin Durant were um, kind of exchanging, I guess, it, like exchanging, like, uh, was it? No, I think it started on the fourth quarter. I always do that. I take my notes. I put start of the third. I'm like, that's not start of the third, motherfucker. That's start of the fourth <laughs> quarter. So, KD, like, you know, it's usually if it's KD and Beal, KD's going to just get the ball ISO and do his thing from one side of the court. But then Beal gets the ball straight to the rim twice in a row. And you definitely need it in that spot because the biggest challenge is like, I still think books are point guard. The biggest challenge when books out of the game is how's the ball going to continue to move, right? Yeah. Because the way to keep this team engaged is just keep the ball moving. I, I know that's it's dumb to say. It's easy to, I guess it's easy to say, but it's just the thing the Suns struggled with really this season is keeping the ball moving. And at times when KD is just in there, it's hard to do. Now with Beal in there with KD, you see that. And guys like Gordon and guys like uh, Grayson Allen, they need the ball. They need to touch the ball every possession or every other possession because they're high IQ guys, like I said earlier, and they're just going to make the team like just basically continue to um, just attack the rim. And you just don't want the iso ball just to hold things back offensively for the Suns. Yeah, and the type of player that Bradley Beal is is definitely – in stark contrast to who Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are. Kevin Durant is just a bucket getter in every sense of the words. Uh, Devin Booker is kind of a hybrid uh, who can hit you in, in a bunch of different spots at all spots throughout the, the floor uh, can attack the basket, but isn't an elite basket and rim runner. And Bradley Beal is just athletic as all get out, man. He is so much fun to watch because his athleticism and his herky jerkiness and then his handles, you kind of combine it all. You know, I wouldn't even put it in the same sentence as Kyrie Irving, but it is Kyrie Irving-esque. So I guess I did just put it in the same sentence. But I thought it's uh, – and his ability and, and his his 
the way that he jumps is just out of the fucking arena. I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. So you put all those things together and they become a really, really difficult to defend as we saw tonight. And Maya B, you know, Matthew's favorite uh, watcher. Uh, you don't want him coming off the bench no more. I, I guess not. I guess Frank Vogel's right again. You know, what do I know? I'm just a podcaster who had an idea like, hey, maybe if he comes off the bench, you can ease him into it. And he came out his first game. He played 30 minutes. And then tonight he played 35. So I guess there is no easing him back into uh, this. He, they're just putting him right back in full force. You know, Fox Force 5, boom. Bradley Beal's coming in super strong, man. Yeah, and then um, the the transition from last game to this game and how easy it looked for him and how much, in, much more in shape he looked, it was crazy from one game to the next, I think. I think he was just like – already in season form like you know what i mean i know the box score didn't look too great but he just looked like he was ready to go tonight yeah he was ready to go and, and again one of the things that i think that he does uh is he pushes the ball in transition because of his athleticism his jumper is just splash-tastic looking great he has that quick burst his handles are looking uh you know very elite very shifty and he sees he sees the floor well as as well and i think that you put all of those different uh, attributes together as a player. And you're going to get somebody who is, is having fun and is engaged and is making offense look easy for everybody on the court. And that's what we've been waiting for. Like everything that we're talking about right now, this isn't rocket science. These are things that all of us Suns fans have been sitting around just counting the days until we could see a game like this against a quality opponent. And they have the ability at any time to just catch fire like Bill did and take over the game. The other thing that I really like is he allows book to play off ball more. Now book did have five assists tonight uh, and Beal only had the two, but it was, you know, kind of an assist by committee. Uh, it wasn't the great assist night overall for Phoenix. They had 44 made shots and only 21 assists off of those uh, contributed to those shots. So a lot of either transition or, or uh, isolation baskets, but I like the fact that with Bradley Beal out there being another, uh, Somebody who just creates a ton of gravity that, and you already had that in Kevin Durant, but now you have another guard who does that. Man, I tell you, Devin Booker over these last two games, the way that he's been coming off ball and being allowed to operate in space that he's familiar with, he's one of the best two guards in the league and has proven that over the past four or five seasons. And he's had to facilitate a lot this year. And that's been the drum a lot of people have been beating. It's like, hey, we we need a point guard, a true point guard. Well, why do you need a real true point guard? So Devin Booker can be Devin Booker. That's why. And with Beal out there, it's not going to happen all the time, but you're going to have a lot of possessions where, now where he can be Devin Booker again. And I like seeing that. Duh. Yeah, no, we love it. And uh, you know what's funny? My sister Stephanie watched uh, the end of the year video you made. 2023 and there was a big dick booker moment in there she's like you guys you guys call devin booker big dick booker i'm like stephanie what you're just now seeing that it's been what three years or two years. years of that thanks Four for years. watching the pod big sis <laughs> so see she just saw i'm like yeah it's gonna thing uh, but yeah the spacing you talked about at the end of the last game how it's just incredible how open he is but tonight he did a good job of just momentum uh carrying the momentum with his shots where he would come down just hit big shots and keep the crowd in it you know what i mean like i feel like even at times before bradley beal came back this crowd could just like drift off and then the offense becomes stale and stuff like you didn't see it too much tonight. at times he did of course when the magic came back and got the one point lead but besides that i think booker did a good job of continuing to hit those open shots he had a lot so many good looks he could have probably had 40 points tonight like just on the looks he had or 30 oh, yeah. points tonight. 
So, I mean, they're there for them, and I think he'll have to get used to it. If they can stay healthy, he's going to have to get used to the point that no one's next to him when he's shooting these. So it's a different kind of shot, right, when you're that wide open? Oh, 100%. You know, you're used to having guys close out on you, and now you're just standing over in the corner wide open with nothing to do. And you're like, oh, shit, I, uh, here we go. And, and, yeah, Steph, we've been doing this for four years, and they gave us credentials. Big Dick Booker. John Tran asks in the chat and he goes, Booker shot is going to come back, right? Devin Booker tonight ends with 21 total points, seven of 17 from the field. Not a great efficient night. Uh, three of eight from beyond the arc, five assists, four rebounds, three steals for Devin Booker. So to answer John's question, yeah, it's going to come back. And he, the great thing is he's having, you know, subpar shooting nights and the Suns are winning games. And that's what you want. Cause we know that Devin Booker at any time, can be can be and is the alpha on this team and will flex his might with his scoring capacity so just be ready for that everybody just be ready brain fog insomnia moodiness weight gain maybe you think they're just part of getting older but many health understands that for women over 40 they can all connect to menopause it's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience not just hot flashes Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I was trying to hit the mute button. My fat finger missed it. <laughs> I don't know how. Um, I was going to say, uh, yeah, I don't. I was going to tackle like after whatever. I don't even know. I'm done. Okay, right. well, I got something I'm not done about. Nope. <laughs> There's one thing I got to talk about. You know me. What do you think of Devin Booker's colorways tonight, <laughs> man? The shattered backboard tribute to the Jordan 1s. His The Book 1 shoe is fucking nasty. It is a gorgeous shoe. You know me and my shoes. Obviously, he has uh, a nod to Jordan 1s. Got a little Kobe 4 Pro Tro uh, look to him. But the way that he he the, the ones that he put on tonight um, with the orange and the black with the black swoosh and then and the white, I mean, this is just it's almost a perfect shoe, Matthew. This is his best colorway easily thus far, in my opinion. Yeah, it looks good. He got so much love all over Twitter all night tonight. So I I know that I'm not as in his shoes as you are, and um, you know I'm kind of envious of that because I should probably get in the game now that we have Booker and Nike. Um, but these ones are sick, man. I think they're solid jamsters out there. They're nice, right? Yeah, those are very nice. Nice I, and shiny. I can't wait until Booker freaking lets us buy the book one. It's still like spring 2024 is when he's going to put it out there and we'll be able to buy it on Nike.com. Uh, and at some at some point, we should have the custom customization of option like KD shoes. Like KD shoes you can go on right now is KD 16s and you can customize them to like make them look any way you want. I want to do the same with bookers, man, because I could spend all day just sitting around and doing that. Oh, they look good. Oh, they look good. So uh, shout out to to Jammin on the Suns in the chat. Donated $20.23. He says, best Suns pod out there. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Jammin on the Suns, and happy New Year to everyone who's watching and or listening, wherever you might be. We truly appreciate it. Uh, 2023, 2024 is going to be even better, y'all. We're going to go win a freaking championship. I, I I feel it in my bones after tonight. It's what a difference a week makes. Who the heck are you? Yeah, I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Y'all know who I am. Did anybody 
anybody see a sniper? Did anybody see anything? I'm one of the best players to ever played a game. 39 minutes played by Kevin Durant tonight. 31 points. 12 of 21 from the field, 2 of 5 from beyond the arc, 5 assists, 5 rebounds, 3 steals, a block, uh, and some savage dunks in transition, man. Kevin Durant looked fantastic again tonight as uh, as well. You know, he's leading the league in three-point shooting. He's the sixth highest scorer in the league, and he plays for the Suns. Yay. Yay. Uh, the best part of tonight really is a fast break where Kevin Durant has the option to dunk or build those. And uh, KD <laughs> takes it in for the dunk. You know what I mean? It's like, well, Beal's there. You want him to dunk? No, KD is wide open. Wide open lane for the dunk. Um, but he got it started early with uh, two two quick steals to really get the momentum up for the Suns. It was a great first quarter. Kind of led by him on the defensive end. He was actually helping out America feel like under the rim at times with a defensive presence. Um, it's it, At times the season, you kind of think like, oh, he's not doing enough defensively on rotations and stuff tonight. But I think he did a really solid job tonight. And I think maybe – because there's not so much pressure on him offensively. He can probably focus more on defense because he is a – like last season he was a good defender, right? Coming into the season, we're like, he's going to be a good defender. Tonight mm-hmm. I think was one of his better games. Um, but I think in the transition, you always love to see him dunking the ball. Um, but I think uh, at times, like I said, the start of the fourth where he's with Beal, it would be nice if, like, you know, he can move the ball a little bit more, just a little bit more. I love his, his shot takes and stuff like that and the mismatches. But the only reason I say that is because I just want to see these guys – with the talent they have around them, just continue to move and get good-looking shots because he doesn't have to settle for difficult shots anymore right now, I feel like, with everybody healthy. Yeah, I mean, the ball ball movement is what was uh, elite tonight. And in the fourth quarter, when it was Franz versus KD, it was like four possessions where they kind of kept going back and forth. You do wish KD would kind of pass out of those or there there be some semblance of ball movement that allowed the Phoenix Suns to continue that rhythm. Uh but Katie's Katie and he still hit the shots, you know, so the di- difficult shots are not, he's going to take them. He's going to make them. Cause that's what he does. He's Kevin Durant and he's a sniper, uh, but I do like, and I would like to see a little bit more offensive fluidity in the fourth quarter. Cause that's obviously been one of the biggest challenges for the Phoenix Suns this season is their lack of fluidity, their reliance on isolation basketball in the fourth quarter. And when you take all that time, that those are momentum killers and those are, those are possessions that take your teammates out of rhythm. You know, we talked about Nurkic a little bit earlier. The reason that Nurkic has been so productive this season uh, in certain uh, spurts, and especially with the big three, is because when they're playing in rhythm, he's part of that rhythm. When that ball's being whipped around, it's going through Nurk and then back out. I mean, that's what creates engagement. That's what he creates. I mean, almost too selfless, right? Like the, the Grayson Allen play, right? Where he like jumps up and he's got a wide open layup and he like throws it behind his back and like Dem Booker catches it, hits a three, like turns into a great highlight. Booker misses that thing. We all go, what the fuck are you thinking, Grayson Allen? There's almost a lack of killer instinct. It's, they're a little too unselfish at times, uh, but there are moments in the game in which, Kevin Durant's out there and you're like, hey, man, just pass the ball around a little bit, get on the block and then do your thing or or run off a screen or something. But it doesn't really matter. He's Kevin Durant. He's he fucking makes him 14th, 14th, 30 point game this season. Damn. You know what, dude? I think the only thing really with him is figuring out with Beal. Um, there's just times where you, you kind of see the two kind of I think maybe with Beal in the mix with every kind of lineup right now, he's kind of figuring things out, even on that Grayson Allen 
um, great behind the back pass where everyone up here was like, why did you lay it up? But then he gets a wide open uh, three from Book. That play like feels like caught in between Durant and like the baseline. He's like, ah, I have the ball. Like, what, what am I doing yeah. right here? So there, there's some of that still going on, but it's kind of fun because you know, in a win like this, where you beat a good Magic team, where I was actually a little scared coming into it, you just can see you can see them still working things out. It just makes you even more excited. And like you said, yeah, like what a week makes, and the, our moods are totally different. Right now. Yeah, going into the new year, knowing that Portland's on the schedule tomorrow. Uh, no, no, uh, no, DeAndre Ayton tomorrow. By the way, he ain't playing. But again, it's 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 interesting to see how this team is going to continue to mesh and mold because we're just at the the tip of it, if you will, the t- tip of the iceberg as they're learning their spots. Like you said, there's a few times where it kind of uh, snuck up on Bradley Beal. He's like, oh shit, I got the ball. What's so funny? Why are you laughing your butt off over there? Oh, I was looking at the chat. It said, uh, Chef Joe says, uh, Liddy Lissy. Liddy Lissy and Virgin like, does everyone... <laughs> I, I don't... Are these names of restaurants or what? <laughs> I guess, yeah. Uh... <laughs> come, to, come to Liddy Lissy's. Come to Liddy Lissy's. A couple of the things I wanted to throw out there. There was a small ball five approach that the Suns ran with a couple times. Beal, Eric Gordon, Josh Akogi, who returned tonight after, I think, eight games missed. Chimetsi Metu, KD. And I thought it was ballsy that they played that lineup because of the fact that the Orlando Magic are a bigger team and their rebounding prowess, we really saw it in the first half. A ton of offensive rebounds. I don't think they had an offensive rebound in the second half, did they? No, I mean, that was one thing I noted in the first half where they had this this open lane. I think a lot of teams have, though, where these these doors are just left open for those guys to fly in there. They have the putbacks. They can make them. And the, the Magic missed a lot of easy layups too tonight on putbacks. So... You saw that early, and then it kind of just was gone towards the end of the second half. Yeah, and it was nice because uh, it was concerning. It was definitely concerning uh, the way that they were giving up some some offensive rebounds kind of at will. And, you know, if we, if we take a look at some of the challenges, right? Okay, we talked a lot of great things. We're 41 minutes into the podcast. Some of the challenges I saw tonight. What, what I'll, I'll start with this. Matthew, what challenges did you see tonight? For me, it's just the defense. I think um, unable to really – so the, the back cuts that the Magic had tonight, there, there, it was like, I don't know how to put it. It's like, this happens in every NBA game, right? Teams are going to give up the back cuts. But it's just the way the Suns had their back turned to the ball so many times. Like, they were kind of slow in movement and reaction times to what the Magic were trying to do offensively. So you saw the back cuts, but also just the putbacks. But there are things that the Magic could have done to take care or to take these opportunities they had and kind of, like, take a lead kind of cut into the Suns' lead, but the Magic just had a hard time doing that tonight. So they had their they had their options there, the Magic did, but the Suns at times defensively are just struggling to really see just the movement of the of the offense behind them. And I think that's just the miscues they have right now with the guys coming back from injury. But that's the main focus for me. And also just the closeouts at times from three. Yes. I think teams teams are really just getting any kind of look they want, especially Bancaro tonight. He was like left wide open how many fucking times from three? Like they just given these wide open threes where guys are just in the corner, even top of the key. It's just like, okay, here we go. And it's like, fuck, they're up by one. They did it again. So let's give up these three point shots to have these teams come back. And luckily tonight they were able to close it out there. Well, and that was my biggest concern, and it has been a big concern this season is our perimeter defense because the way I, I watch do yourselves a favor, Suns fans. If you're watching the basketball games, watch the weak side. If you know what the weak side is, is 
if the opposing team has the ball and they're on the left side of the court, watch the right side of the court and watch what that defender's doing. Cause there's always going to be somebody in that right corner and watch what that defender's doing. Is he within six feet of that person or is he shading into the, into the key trying to create havoc and, or, you know, sneak a, a little defensive rebound. But time and again, that weak side is collapsing and they leave wide open shooters. If you leave that guy wide open, even if he doesn't take the shot, you're running for the closeout. There's going to be some uh, discombobulation from a defensive standpoint. Now, entering tonight, the Orlando Magic were 30th in the league in three-pointers made, 30th in the league in three-pointers attempted, and 30th in the league in three-point shooting percentage. This is the worst three-point shooting team. So you might say, hey, yeah, that's a defensive strategy the Suns could deploy. Is let them hang out from beyond the arc. It's going to be of your benefit. They shot 32.4%. They were 12 of 37 from beyond the arc, which is four more threes than the Suns make, made, mind you, uh, with Devin Booker, or I'm sorry, eight of 20. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, they hit. we had eight, uh, but we only shot it from beyond the arc 27 times. But at the same time, this is a, this is a repeatable. This is something we're seeing consistently. So our perimeter defense definitely is an opportunity. Uh, our size at times is an opportunity. Uh, but I think that most importantly, it's we got to we got to cover our weak side. We got to cover our weak side, and at times it's going to happen. There's certain possessions like Chimetsi Metu, right? Chimetsi Metu a couple times had Franz Wagner on him, and Franz Wagner just went right by him, and on a, on a couple possessions. And if you watch the weak side defender, they stayed at home rather than collapsing to try to help out Metu, who got beat one on one. But I'd prefer that versus giving up a wide open three and then the guy that two pointer becomes a three point possession. Now, obviously, you take a look at the fact that Yusuf Nurkic came in a few possessions later. Franz Wagner tried that and he got denied. And it just goes to show, you you know, certain matchups aren't going to play in your favor. But as Crits and Chaos says in the chat, both teams are last in the league at three point shooting in the fourth quarter. That's what's depressing about the Suns is the fact that you have to hit the super shot in this league if you want to win. You have to. And you can't give it up, but you got to be able to do it as well. And the Suns are kind of struggling in both regards. Yeah, and I think tonight, um, with Beal being in there, they hit some big shots. And this was like the first time you really saw that in a while, where they hit some closeout shots. And they, they didn't allow the team to tie it or go to a one-point game with like about 20 seconds left. Like, they actually closed it out, and with about a minute left, you knew it was over, which was nice to see. So they continue to build on that. Defensively, though, like those threes, they have to limit those. I know that. But the best thing about this team is, of course, we see the offense and we know how explosive they can be. And I know we gave them shit at sometimes this year with Vogel's defense. But if they can continue to work on that with everybody healthy, it's kind of a positive. I think it's like the one thing you have to worry about is your defense, right? If they can focus on that, then this team's going to be even better. So I just think offensively, they have it down. Defensively, they got to work on those things. I don't know if they have the right guys to do it. But we'll see. The more that they kind of play together and get all gelled up and stuff like that, like people say, of course they're going to end up being a little bit better. No, a hundred percent. And you know, we do. We still have just a three-game winning streak, and it's fun. Uh, and there's everything is going. On. But like David Ray says, Suns must improve on their defense. No more excuses. Like that's the next thing. The offense is going to take care of itself. But we have to have the ability to play quality defense and Bradley Beal brought some of that energy tonight. I really appreciated that. You've seen him bring that, that defensive energy. Uh, it was just, it's quality basketball. It's quality basketball, man. It's fun to watch. I love the burp. 
You heard it, huh? Although, yeah, I, I love it. It's just it's a part of the pod now. It's just a little burps here and there. I don't think you can go to any other pod and get I'm just burps, in the middle so of talking. You're drinking Coors Lights. You just kind of you – know, Is that what you're drinking tonight, Coors Lights from yeah, New Year's Eve? Yeah. You got to let, let some out, man. You got to let some out. The Sun's Jam Session subreddit stakeout. what the hell i'm doing i'm saying oh are you, did you were you trying to put on the batman mask i couldn't see you behind the scenes oh no i mean it's here put it on oh where is she where do you know who you are now it's so. me it's just me in the dark okay. I, was hang, I was hanging out in orlando in the dark which isn't always a Creep. good idea beat up the beat uh and here's what the orlando magic subreddit had to say about the phoenix suns tonight not a lot of stuff they're primarily talking about their team. They're excited about their team. I'm excited about their team. I do like the Magic a lot. Uh, they're one of those teams I like to admire from afar. I love Paolo Banquero, as we mentioned. But I will say, uh, somebody said, this team is like the inverse of us. All shooting, no bench. We're no shooting, all bench. And that's correct. I mean, they, the Orlando Magic rely heavily on their bench. I think they have the third best bench in the league relative to scoring. You had 17 points from Wendell Carter Jr. off the bench. You, you had 13 points from Cole Anthony off the bench. Meanwhile, the Suns scored a total of six points off the bench tonight, and those were all by Chemetsi Metu. Akogi, seven minutes, zero points. Yudoka Azabuki, eight minutes, zero points. Eric Gordon, 30 minutes, zero points. Thoughts on that? Heavy minutes, I think, were the starters um, just being together. I, I think they. I think what um, Vogel wants to do is just have these guys play a lot of minutes. Don't worry about anybody else on the bench, and just have these guys start working together for the next few games and start twinkling everybody back in, sprinkling like, everybody or twinkling. I like the twinkling. All right, here is she. I'm Batman, and I was in Orlando. Somebody said Ted Cruz packed by Suggs. Suck it, Ted. Because uh, there was that one play where Grayson Allen got stuffed by Jalen Suggs. It was Jalen Suggs' only good, only good fucking play of the game. Um, and then there was just a lot of Devin Booker talk. So uh, <clears throat> let me get into character. Why do I dislike Devin Booker so much? I can on. I honestly can't put my finger on it, but I can't fucking stand the guy. And that started. A whole conversation. These are all replies to that. Booker is such a bona fide piece of shit. <laughs> and somebody retorted, what is the Booker hate all about? And somebody replied, can't stand the guy. No idea why. It's probably his face and eyes. And somebody replied, <laughs> that's what it is. It is. Somebody said, it's just something about his face. <laughs> so everyone in the NBA like hates Devin Booker's face. Uh, he's kind of whiny about calls. I wouldn't say he's CP3 level of dirty and whiny, but I mean, he's close. And then somebody said, Booker got Kobe's ego and none of the accolades to go with it other than getting clowned on by Luca. And then somebody said, the Suns mascot is the second best mascot in this league. And that's the subreddit stakeout, ladies and jamsters. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. 
There you go. Oh my god, La- ladies and jamsters, I love that. I that like, isn't good. Good. Yeah, I like that, was... that a lot. <laughs> ladies and jamsters, ladies, ladies and jamsters, that comes from after you have a couple beers. Hey, really quick too, uh, Grayson Allen. You think he should be up for most improved this season? Hmm. I have to look at his stats and stuff compared, but this—he's never played this good. It's okay. There's no way. Oh, hi, Alan. Oh, Grayson, Grayson Allen, our fuck shit up guy. So to your point, he is averaging a career high 13.2 points per game, a career high 4.5 total rebounds per game, a career high 2.7 assists per game, a career high 45.7 uh, shooting percentage from beyond the arc, a career high 50.4 field goal percentage, uh, a career high 33.3 minutes. Give him an opportunity. He's performing. I like that he's the fifth starter. I love that he's the fifth starter. When we talked at the beginning of the season of all the guys who should be the fifth starter for the Phoenix Suns, right? Josh Akogi, no, man, it's Kata Bates the up. Hey, Chimetsi Metu, Bull Bull's great on NBA 2K. It should be him. No <laughs> one said Grayson Allen. It's great. And then like John Tran says, career low in dirty play. Yes. I mean, what's yeah. the deal with that? Yeah, that's the most noticeable thing, I think, from around the league. Is like Even KD was mentioning earlier in the shoot-around today about just not even knowing like he had this kind of game because of the teams he played on before, right? It was so limited to what he could do on the court. Now he's just the high IQ guy that blends everything together, right? I think Nurk's more of the connector. But yes. Grayson Allen continues to make the smart plays, and if he gets the ball, he's going to move it around. He's not going to settle for the three, even though if he does, great-looking shot, like you said, a career high right now, 45%. But I just think him getting to the rim, continually pushing the pace with his team. But that one dunk today, he almost had it. I thought he got fouled maybe from my view. I, I thought so. I, I thought it was a foul, but I'm like, I love that, that he brings that. It's like, I don't know what he's going to do when he gets to the paint anymore. He's probably going to dunk it or try to dunk on somebody every time. And that's my favorite part of it, dude. Yeah, he's been playing absolutely fantastic and consistent as well. You know, I talked about it. He's played in 26. This is 27th game. He started every one. Like, shit. So out of the DeAndre Ayton trade, we get Yusuf Nurkic and Grayson Allen, and you're getting production uh, across the board from both both players. The Suns won that trade, Matthew. We won the trade. It's official here on December 31st. We've won the trade. <laughs> yeah. Do you even think about Eaton anymore? I never even think about him. I never check in on his games or anything. That's because he's not playing right now. Oops, and when he is playing, it's just it's official. Triple singles. Your 2023 yeah. Void of Fantasy League champion, Lead Farmers. Oh, really? Oh, man. Hold on. Did you look at my score yet? I haven't. In the big money? Yeah, because I needed a big game from Justin Jefferson. I needed like a huge game from him, but. Didn't I look didn't like they scored it. a ton of points. I'll just know the final score of that uh, game is 33 to 10. Green Bay smashed them. Oh, I, I'll tell yeah, you right I now lost. if you want to know. Yeah, just let me know. Did they? Did uh, I lose? Uh, I, I think I lost. I'm pretty let's, sure. Let's see. Looking it up. Third place game. Yeah, you lost by 12. <clears throat> Yikes! That Cardinals game, Eagles game, killed me, man. Fucking that offense, like with Hurts, like they're just like trying to settle for a field goal. I'm like, I need I just one more touchdown. 
between oh. him and Goddard, but whatever. At least oh. I don't have to owe any money, I don't think. Third, third time in four years I've won my own league. <laughs> <laughs> a little fishy, huh? Yeah, it's not at all. I'm just better than you. Uh, <laughs> and the one year I didn't win it, my brother won it. So I think that yeah, definitely... a little fishy. A little extra I, fishy. It's called Avoid a League for a reason. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Jam star of the game. All right, ladies and jamsters, it's time to let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is. But a reminder, subscribe, rate, review on YouTube. Thumbs up, subscribe, notifications. Go to Brightside. Go to suns.com backslash Brightside. Donate 15 bucks. Send a kid to a game. Let them go experience their first Suns game. You remember your first one, right? We'll do it for them. Yes. And then let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is matthew i'll allow you to go first in our jam star of the game i'm gonna give it to beal <gasps> first one of the year right first one what well checking the records here uh beal 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 yep beal has not gotten a jam star of the game from either one of us this yeah. entire season him getting back to it this quickly i know it's 27 games into the season but him getting back to it this quickly after two games being back i loved it from he looks ready to go well i'll say this mine is beal as well beal uh just the way that he played like i said the fun that he played with it's like he stays healthy man it's gonna be fun because he is he's fun to watch he's fun to watch and it's just that extra wrinkle that's gonna make this an actual uh juggernaut of an offense that we've all been waiting to see so we'll see how it goes in 2024 uh but david ray gives it to kevin durant john tran inaugural beal jam star giving this light this team new life there's like a whole thing you know on that right like if you do one thumbs up it does something if you do a thumbs down like yeah one thumbs up see what that does. Ooh, bubbles yeah one thumbs down it's like bubbles anyways uh, for those listening uh matthew again he's on his iphone and there's like a thing when you do your two thumbs up it does a back a thing in your background it's fucking and then it takes your tax information and gives it to the government uh freddie Merriman, jam star the real deal bradley beal eric gordon didn't get any touches today from jason l that's not what i was looking for crits and chaos big nurk i'm okay with that kiko g jam stars jam starters are my jam star i like that nurk kd ga beal and bdb um and yeah, there you go. There's the Jamsters. All right, next up, after we turn the calendar to 2024, the Suns play the Portland Trailblazers tomorrow. Sands, DeAndre Ayton. He's been out with a uh, throbbing vagina for the last three games. Uh, so we will see. Uh, he's already been ruled out for tomorrow. He's, he, he ain't don't want that shade. He wants to sit on the sideline. He wants to go out. He, he knows Phoenix well. He probably flew in tonight. They didn't play. They played last night, I think. Flew in tonight. They won last night. They're now, what, 9-23. and 23. They beat the Spurs by two. Uh, but, yeah, Blazers, man. Yeah. We got to yeah, get this team uh, back for them beating us last week. I know. And then uh, Scoot Henderson, too. I mean, he's really improved over the past few weeks. And he's, yes, he he's 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 going for the rookie of the year. He's like, it's still a long season. And I'm glad, dude, because I was high on him. And I'm so glad that he turned things around. He's probably the most adorable player to, to watch. He's the most adorable player, and I know it's weird because he's probably six foot four. And he's built like a brick shit house or whatever you say. I just think that yes. he's so adorable because he's he's trying I'd so hard to get back into things. Yeah. <laughs> he's had so much literally shit on him early in the season from everybody, 
but he's held in there. He's putting together a decent season now, and I love that he can maybe be the face of that franchise um, in the coming years, maybe. I'm sure they'll trade a reassignment or something like that pretty soon. Well, I mean, they they got a bunch of uh, injuries over there. There's no reason we should lose to this team. There's no fuck reason except that the Suns go out and uh, get a little too hammered tonight, perhaps, um, and are a little hungover. So, you know, I'm I'm covering the game yeah. tomorrow. I'll be down at the arena covering the game uh, for Brightside. I've already started my 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 game preview, and it's pretty basic, right? You know, part part of the game preview, we talk about the matchups, we talk about this, that, the other, and we always do a prediction, right? And the prediction that I have for this game, or or the, I'm sorry, the, uh, so at the end of this podcast, the what to watch for, or key to a son's victory, that's what it is, key to the son's victory in this game. So you don't want to oversimplify things, uh, but to defeat the Trailblazers, you must... You have to be you. Be the team you're supposed to be. Avoid playing to the level of the competition, of playing complacent basketball, of thinking you are better than them, and therefore not playing with the edge or effort you need to win. Phoenix is the better team. Portland's banged up, bruised, and down. Keep them there through engaged basketball. That's what I'm looking for tomorrow night. So, yeah. All right, dude. All right. Well, again, well, uh, what, what do you got planned for New Year's Eve? You're going to go out there? You're going to go clubbing with DA tonight? You know what? I uh, don't think so. He hasn't texted me back. So even though I give him a lot of shit, I'm not even giving him a thumbs up if he me a thumbs up. Um, you know, I, I'm sure he wants to hang out. But you know what? Tonight, I might just be uh, chilling by myself. Oh. Maybe smoking a little bit. Maybe watching some RuPaul's Drag Race. Who knows, what? dude? No, no <laughs> four man sure. You know what? I tried it. I don't. I'm not into it. I just. I don't know if I could do it again because it's just Jersey Shore. Or maybe I had to skip ahead to season two. But I'm just like, ah, they're all they're doing is fighting, going to bars, yeah. making up the next day. I just. Yeah. I can't do it anymore. I can't do it. Oh, I man. tried, you John. You, you didn't even start. You, I tried. Quitter. Quitter. Now I'm into quitter. the to the drag racing stuff. That's just very entertaining. So. Nice. Well, smoke a joint, enjoy some Drew Paul drag race. Everybody else have a fun and safe <laughs> New Year. Yeah, Drew Paul. Right. That's his name. Drew Holiday Drag Race, what's it called? <laughs> uh, but everyone have a fun and hate and say thank you for supporting the podcast of 2023. We truly, truly appreciate it. It's so much fun to get together all the goddamn time and talk Suns basketball with you, the Jamsters, ladies and Jamsters. <laughs> I'm going to say that forever and always now. Uh, but happy New Year to everyone. Be safe. And to those of you who it's already 2024, let me know what's happening out there. You know, I love even numbers. 2024, it's got a good ring to it. Although it's an election year, so I'm going to kill myself. On that note, Matthew. Go home, love your family, everybody. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.